Have you heard of that show? This girl just talks about whatever. Yeah, it's called. And she plays music and has friends on her. Yeah, girl, it's called. And it's chaotic for no reason. Girl, I'm trying to tell you. It's called Tay Talks. Oh, yeah. Tay Talks on 1077 The Bronx. 1077 The Bronx. 1077 The Bronx.com. Nominated for eight 2023 Intercollegiate Broadcasting System College Media Awards, including Best Morning Show for Wake Up Writer and Best College Radio Station in the Country. This is Taylor with Tay Talks. So we are back. And the topic for today's show was how to accurately be an ally. Accurately appropriately respectfully mm. truthfully correctly i can keep going because you need to do them all so, come on adjectives and yes so for people who are not listening i have bestie yusuf here talking and sharing his insight on um like you know his thoughts on allyship and before we continue let me close out of this before we continue on ooh, Sorry, she kind of scared me when she when she oh, popped up like yeah. that. Okay, the last station was introduced by yes, New Jersey. Period. Anyways, sorry, yes. you're not you're not from Jersey. Oh, Ooh. um, sorry. <clears throat> he tried. Yeah, it's okay, it's okay, cause you still my senator. Did I vote for him? I don't think I was able to vote then. No, cause you're younger than me, Taylor. So <laughs> this. <laughs> Child. Anyway, sorry y'all, but <laughs> we talked about empathy earlier. Sympathy, and we see a lot of people do this, and they call themselves ally. Uh-huh. Sympathy is a definition. The definition of sympathy is feelings of pity and sorrow for someone else's misfortune. The emphasis on sorrow and misfortune. Uh-huh. I feel like now we gotta look at the definition of misfortune. Oop, it's not gonna let me. Okay, so misfortune, bad luck. Uh-huh. An unfortunate condition or event. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And oh, underneath that, bad luck. Used to express sympathy or commiserations. What? Bad bad luck, Yusuf. Why would I ever say that to express sympathy? Yeah. But that's how it feels. Oh. <clears throat> they don't like to hear that. Well, they want our rhythm and not our blues. Mm. Jesus. <laughs> um, sorrow. A feeling of deep distress caused by loss, disappointment, or other misfortunes suffered by oneself or others. Mm-hmm. That's what sorrow means. And you put that all together to equal sympathy, the feeling of pity and sorrow over someone else's misfortune. Mm-hmm. That's like how you said earlier with empathy. Empathy is the idea of caring. Mm-hmm. Sympathy is, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah. And you never ask me again how I'm grieving. Disconnect. I, there's some people. There's some people I know. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for your loss. Crickets. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. I haven't even heard from them again, like, in a minute. Like, I've never even, you know, like, no yeah. checking in, because that's also something, sidebar, if you believe grief is, like, a one-month thing, you're wrong. Grief never ends. <laughs> Realistically, it never ends, because you can think about that person that, you know. And grief doesn't have to be just with death. It can be anything. Mm-hmm. Grief can come from anything. But losing something, you can think about that loss five years from now, and you can still break down and cry. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so sympathy and then going into apathy, lack of interest, enthusiasm or concern Mm. lack 
of concern. Mm, sounds a little synonymous to me. Mm, and it does. And you want to know why it does? Because it's like, and that's like, that's, and it's a great point you said that about sympathy is connected to apathy. Mm-hmm. Because you just saying that to, you just saying that because that's what you're taught to say. Yes. But you don't care or it doesn't concern you because it's not happening to you yeah like dig deep a little you know mm-hmm. mm. like people be like oh it's like the idea of people saying i'm here for you for whatever you need what can i do to help yes you know you're not gonna really help me if i tell you what i need right but i feel like when we talk about race people are actively telling you what to do what you mm-hmm. can do to help and you're deciding oh okay that's too much i can't do that because you because it does because they think it doesn't concern them so right. it's now it's like i'm so sorry this is happening move on Because I'm literally telling you what to do. I'm literally telling you how to actively change these things. You know what the best example is? Gun violence against black men. Mm. Police brutality against black people. Yeah. And it's like people call themselves allies when it's time to march and, you know, in rallies and protests. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm telling you, um, I don't know to uh, defund the police. Now you don't want to. And you know what's funny? Because I just said this in my news story today. This the, the And I'm calling them the gang unit, Scorpion, that was a part of the Memphis City Police. It just got released earlier today that that, skin, that same unit, Scorpion, apparently unconstitutionally arrested and beaten another black man before mm. the death of Tyree Nichols. So it's like, y'all were just doing this because to do it at this point, oh you can't even say this incident was a mistake. As yeah. we all know, it wasn't. At all. For people who've seen the videos, it's very, like, trigger warning, I'm saying that for myself because it's very, the, it's 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 heavy. It's mm-hmm. really heavy. And um I'm saying this as someone who has been desensitized because it happens all the time. You see it all the time, but it's still heavy nonetheless. And just to come out and find out that they did this to another black man on January 4th. I mean, thankfully, he's able to tell the story Mm -hmm. so he can be like, no, they've been like this. Like they've they it's a pattern. Right. They arrested me for no reason and then literally like stomped on me, too. And I'm like, wow. And it's like, what's the point of even having them? Yeah. You're the police. Why do you need a special unit inside the police? Protect and serve who? Like, who are you protecting? Who are you serving? Mm-hmm. You're not serving me. They're no. serving themselves at this point, especially that particular. Mm, yes. And then named Scorpion. I mm-hmm. think we all know the because in- they were insect. The insect scorpion is not a friendly bug. It's not mm-hmm. an ant. It's not a butterfly. It's not even a worm. <laughs> like it's it's literally meant to sting and mm-hmm. bite. Like it's that's what it's it's it meant to inflict pain mm-hmm. and harm. And that's why I'm so glad I saw this in a um when I was doing my newsflash earlier, this article, and it, they called them well, um the guy who was the twenty two year old actually who's lived to tell the tale, Monterius Harris. He's called them a gang of vigilantes, and that's literally what they are, uh-huh. genuinely. That's why I'm also glad people have stopped low-key praising Batman, because uh-huh. what are you doing? Like, were you stomping on Like, if you really think about Batman, and I'm, I'm saying this as a person who has said in the past that Batman was my favorite superhero, but as I got older, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. 
you're like kicking people and throwing people against the wall for what because your mom died your parents died like what are you doing it but anyway and that's i think the question we have to say that too like and i think it's important to also note that the scorpion gang unit was not all white men majority Uh were black Uh so it's like it's interesting to me when and i'm saying this because anybody can be a police officer any race any ethnicity any nationality anybody can be a police officer but it's like a lot of times these people become police officers because they're trying to quote unquote fix uh-huh. something, not realizing that you trying to fix the problem is enabling the problem. Yes. You have to get rid of the problem by yourself before you try to say, oh, I'm going to join law enforcement because now I can really fix it. Like, okay, but I'm going to play a song. Because I think the song going to play really fits with what you are, immature. So I'm going to be playing Immature by Flo. But before this, and I think it also adds because we're also going to be talking about fetishization and fetishizing black people. Uh-huh. Get into it. And how weird it is. <laughs> like, you're weird. Like, why? Mm, I'm not going to get into it. And I will be getting into the definition of fetish. Sorry. I can say it on air. We'll chat. Yeah, we'll chat. Here's Immature by Flo on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Feels like I've been waiting a lifetime For you to tell me what's going on in your mind But you don't talk to me, talk to me I'm trying to walk with you, so walk with me You'll be taking too long, you'll be taking too long, soon I'll be gone. Say you want my body, body, but you ain't never do a thing about it. Baby, loving you is such a job, cause you're steady moving in mature. I don't want nobody about it, hold tight the top, but don't do I'm trying to understand your point of view, but when you tell me how can I relate if you don't communicate? But you don't want to talk to me, talk to me. I'm trying to walk with you, so walk with me, but you'll be taking too
was like, nah. <laughs> no, you didn't. That's the closest y'all will ever get to hear me sing on the mic. And but that she wasn't, can sing, y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that note wasn't even good. <laughs> Please don't think I can't sing. But if you ask me in public, I can't sing. Ask me. It's like, nah. <laughs> Before the lights start blinking, saying we all there. But <laughs> ask me in 2065, and I'll sing. So then... Grandma Taylor. Oh, mm. Granny. Uh, Mary Lou. Sing not. <laughs> y'all don't get the joke. And if I ever hear right. y'all call me Mary Lou, I'm going to slap you. Don't do it. I'm sorry. The 107 Center Park does not condone violence. Um, fetishization. I had to put that little warning in there before they think I'm serious. We already got some stuff going on. Because mm. <laughs> we're preparing for IBS, guys. That's what I mean. Do you want to read the definition? Can you read it? Okay. Or should I yes, zoom in? I can. Okay. An unreasonable amount of importance that is given to something or an unreasonable unreasonable interest in something. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to dig deeper into the second part. Get into it. A sexual interest in an object a part of the body that is not a sexual organ or a person as if they are an object. And the emphasis is on the part of a person as if they are an object. Yes. And I'm saying, we're talking about this because I think people try to hide their their fetish of mm-hmm. African-American yeah. with the fact that they're an ally. And you, and I'm not just saying, saying it because obviously, like we said, the, I think the first definition is the greatest part is because mm-hmm. an unreasonable amount of importance that is given to something or an unreasonable interest in something. Yes. Because I'm not asking anyone to drop to their knees and give me all the attention in the world. No, I just want you to respect that I'm a human, I have feelings, and mm-hmm. I deserve to be treated equally. You trying to say, oh my goodness, I love your hair. Keep wearing your hair like that. It's beautiful. I, I just love it so much. That's weird. <laughs> Because I don't even love my hair that much. So why are you loving my Can hair I that much? Can I touch it? Because mm. now it's giving... It's giving circus. It's yeah. giving petting zoo. Yeah. I was going to say something, but it's... um, It's a slur to the mm. people. But mm-hmm. I can say it because mm-hmm. it's my slur. But mm-hmm. I can't say it on air. Yeah. But... For my black people that's listening, you already know what I'm talking about. Y'all probably got... You remember, you're probably not even thinking about the same one as me. And that's just the issue. Yeah. But, and then the part where it's like um, a sexual interest in a person as if they are an object. I have seen so many, <laughs> the way I turned around, I feel like I'm Wendy Williams. Mm-hmm. I, I have seen, and I'm specifically targeting Caucasian women, I have seen so many white women, oh, yeah, no, I'm not racist, my boyfriend's black. Mm. <laughs> I just fell out. Um, Like... But then you have you and it's and it's always a specific type of black man. Yes. A specific type athletic, whether it be by playing an actual sport or just an athletic bill of a body. Nine times out of ten, they're darker, mm-hmm. like of, like they're of dark complexion. Um, I don't want to say like they're from the hood because I feel like they try to come for them because no I'm saying both they try to get the quote unquote dangerous boys because they, they want a the stereotype aesthetic yes and yes. it's like they want that to and a lot of times 
they do this to prove a point to their family. They do it out of rebellion. Mm-hmm. And it's like... But they're really not even that far removed from their family's values. Because this is their, you know, that one black person that they love and respect. But what are you doing to uplift the rest of the race? Because your husband or your partner is not the entire race. So how do you feel about everybody else that's not him? Mm. <laughs> I just love when people like they know they're eating and they know their point is sticking. You just be like, mm. mm-hmm. like, because you you literally everything you said was like was good like it just made sense because it's like you're doing it to make a point and you look dumb because mm-hmm. <laughs> what's yeah. the point you're trying to prove and we're going to get more into it i'm going to also compare it to a movie the movie get out i talked about this before you know i also want to see if there's a buzzfeed quiz for get out you think there's a quiz mm, for get there out? probably is what character are you oh ooh, ooh. <laughs> anyways Make cupcakes not war. Now through February 24th, enter 1077 The Bronx. Dessert Wars, cupcake fights to win over $1,000 in prizes, including a $300 Visa gift card for creating the best tasting cupcake on campus. Go to 1077thebronx.com slash cupcake fights for details. We'll be back with Tate Talks after these underrated announcements on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Um, is this thing on? You bet it is. I hope you guys got your snacks and you're sitting back and you're relaxed. Why? Because we're back with Tay Talks. February is Black History Month, and the Bronx is celebrated with milestones in African-American history. Daily audio features written and produced by Taylor Sunstall, acknowledging commemorating little-known but important achievements by African-Americans that impacted our culture. Listen every hour all month long on the Bronx. Welcome back to Tay Talks on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Yes, we are back. And... Sorry, I I can't stand that the on air studio has windows because I mm-hmm. feel like what's the word I used? Fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Very fishbowl. And that makes me think about um, her the door. And I was a little confused. That makes me think about uh, what was her name? Darla and Finding Nemo when mm-hmm. she's tapping on the glass. <laughs> and of course, I thought about that first. So that's my favorite movie. So that's the first thing I thought about. But we were talking, that's such a scary picture. And I hate mm-hmm. that that's the picture that they use. It's embedded in our minds now, though. And I think that was the point. Because that's scary. Mm-hmm. To be that sunken and it's like. If only y'all could see this, y'all. Ooh, but you probably know it. If is, we, yeah, yeah, we're talking about Get Out. The infamous picture of Get Out. That that picture of him literally in the sunken place. And mm-hmm. you know what's so funny? The symbolism in this movie is amazing. Because. People on Twitter talking about something. I remember when the movie came out, they was like, like, dang, like, if it was me, like, I would have never gotten there. Yes, she would have. Mm-hmm. She used real life <laughs> science to get that man there. Yeah. That's like, she really, she used real hypnotism. And that's why I be trying to explain to people, hypnotism is real because it's a type of sleep, like hypnosis. Mm-hmm. You literally can put yourself into it. The second I found out that hypnosis, you hypnotizing yourself is when you zone out and you just fixate it on one point and you can't hear anything, see, like, that's literally hypnosis. So if y'all didn't know that, we put ourselves into hypnosis all the time. Sidebar, um, the computer is saying we're getting a wintry mix later tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And that's your weather update. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was good. That voice was good. You better stop it before John listen to this and be like, I, need, I want you to do weather. <laughs> But that was interesting. But now when I check the weather app, it says nothing. Mm. Okay. 
I hate being lied to. So, <laughs> during Black History Month. So, <laughs> but anyways, we're reading from an article from Vox.com. It's the old article from 2017, but I think it's still present. Mm-hmm. Get Out is a horror film about benevolent racism. It's spine chilling. That movie was... Very much a great description of <laughs> what we saw. Because I was genuinely like, <laughs> like, whoa. And yeah. I think... That's what I th- also want to put in, point, uh, point out. I don't think Jordan Peele is trying to make horror movies. Mm-hmm. I think he wants you to wake up and realize what's this happening. This is realism. Like, really real. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, these two are the most realistic. Mm-hmm. Get Out and Us. Nope is a little more scientific. Mm-hmm. The symbolism is heavier in Nope than it is in Get Out and Us. Yeah. I full I wholeheartedly believe that there's some people who are who are in a sunken place mm-hmm. because their conscious is somewhere else. I think that's such real science, and I'm sticking by the statement that if it's in a movie, somebody probably else is also thinking it and making yes. it real. Like if you've never seen the movie The Invisible Man, you better go watch it. Have you seen the movie The Invisible Man? No, I saw the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Sidebar. We're about to, I'm about to see where the Invisible Man is at because I feel like that's gonna be our movie night. We can't. Ooh, I can't say what I want to say because uh-uh. not everybody on campus is legally allowed to drink, so I can't right. say what I was gonna say. What we can do, we'll chat later. Yeah, but our next movie night. How am I watch this? How are we gonna? Amazon Prime Video. It's okay. free on Prime Video. Okay. The Invisible Man is this. That. This. Me too. The, the Visible Man, first of all, he was cute. I, was, I hate when they make the villain cute. Because now, now I'm looking at them like... What were we just talking about? Right. Now. Oh, <laughs> see? Then I say earlier, everybody can perform micro and macro aggressions. Here I am fetishizing this man. Like, here we go. I didn't want to say it now. The same way they fetishized um, Evan Peters as Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm, disturbing or Zac Efron as Ted Bundy and literally saying oh but if I if I was living I would be okay anyways mm. but before I even get into fully about that The Invisible Man is based off a book mm-hmm. 1800s actually okay it's when the book was actually first published 1897 The Invisible Man is a really good movie because it's the idea of this girl C who is also the main character in The Handmaid's Tale if you, you yes, know yes yes mm-hmm. She's engaged or married to this guy, Adrian, uh-huh. and he's abusive. And somehow or another, he's like, he's a scientist. Okay. And I'm going to read this part. After staging his own, trigger warning, suicide, uh-huh. a crazed scientist uses his power to become invisible to stalk and terrorize his ex-girlfriend. When the police refuse to believe her story, she decides to take matters to her own hands and fight back. She's typecasted. That's, that's low-key like, the same story as Amy's. That's too. like that um, one episode of American Horror Stories where, like, the people, like, they find people, like, in their old, like, the old part of their lives where, mm-hmm. like, only they can see them, but they're, like, knocking at their doors. And it's, like, where, and then they look through, like, their little, what is that, the ring cameras? Mm-hmm. And they don't see anything until the person is, like, in their house, and then it's like, oh, my gosh, you have to watch that. Now we got to watch that. Okay. American Horror Stories? That was the first or the second season? I think it's the second. Okay, I didn't watch the second season yet. I just did the first season. I'll catch you up. Mm -hmm. You know I love American Horror Stories. Yeah. I just love anything that makes me wow. Yeah, because it's, like, the same concept. It's, it's like, the same thing as, like, Black Mirror. 
Yes, very much that. Whew. Anyways, guys, if y'all, into it, y'all. if y'all don't watch American Horror Story, American Horror Story is more horror. I mean, it's in the name. Yeah. It's more horror. But if you want some stuff where it makes you look at technology differently, Black Mirror is the way to go. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like to me, Black Mirror is like American Horror Story on steroids. Yeah. Because, well, American Horror Story doesn't have to filter either because it's on FX. Yeah. Black Mirror on Netflix. So <laughs> that helps you. But anyways, it's literally... And this is my this is the scariest part. How people think it's based off of, it's based off real life stories, mm. but I what's the the issue here is because he's a scientist because he's literally like he's pretty much an eye doctor. Mm. He's a he's a doctor. He's mm-hmm. literally a doctor, and he's I forgot the actual science, but pretty much without giving con- too much context, he quite literally turns himself invisible by using some science. And con- and she's literally telling everybody that, yo, this man is still stalking me. And everyone's like, he died. We had the funeral. We had. Then it's just like the American Horror Stories. Oh, we're going to watch that. Oh, <laughs> and yes. And it's like we had the funeral. We had everything. And she's like, no, like, I know. And mm-hmm. then they start signing her up for therapy and stuff. And he's literally following her all while invisible. And it's like he's like literally coming for her. Like I forgot why he was so obsessed with her in the beginning. I genuinely forgot. Mm-hmm. But it was the fact that he used he literally built this to become invisible and terrorize her. Mm-hmm. He used his science. Think about Iron Man. Like you seen mm-hmm. Iron Man? Yes. Yeah. So you know, because mm-hmm. some people haven't. I'm like, you haven't yeah. seen Iron Man? That would yeah. be especially, me, especially the I've first scene. <laughs> especially the first one. The first one is old. Mm-hmm. Like we were in like what middle school when Iron yeah. Man came out. It definitely was high school. It's been a minute. Now I need to double check because if I'm wrong and it's high school, I'm be like, no way, it's high school. It has to be. Maybe we're in elementary. Yeah, elementary. I think yeah, elementary. Yeah. That's literally when. Oh, when, that's, I started school that year. Yeah, that's literally when Obama was. I yeah, like, May second. Yeah, like I was like, yeah, I was in like, mm, like third. That was grade? that's third grade. Yeah, that's third grade, fourth yeah. grade because I was yeah. in fourth grade. Yeah, so I was in third. Wow, wow, what a time, folks. <laughs> That's a whole decade ago. Yeah. That's two decades ago, isn't it? Technically? Almost, like, going on. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I need to stop acting like I'm so, I'm getting older. Like, I'm just 20. I just turned 21. Yeah. But, yes, that's what pretty much, um, that's what The Miserable Man is about. Sorry, we just kind of went all over the place. But mm-hmm. that's what it's about. It wouldn't be Tate Talks if I don't just switch topics in, like, two minutes. But... And of course, it's Blumhouse Productions, but and it make the Invisible Man genuinely changed my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. One because that was the last movie I saw before the pandemic. Ooh, this literally came out February twenty fourth, twenty twenty. That's yeah. that's literally a week before the pandemic. Yeah, happy freshman year to you. Um, that was that was the last movie I saw in theaters. Oh, Taylor, I'm glad I missed it. <laughs> And that whole entire day was crazy. I'll explain to you what else happened in that night. Yeah. <laughs> you probably ever know the story, but it's, I got to give context to later. <laughs> but that genuinely changed my whole entire thinking because that movie made me believe if a if a random director is writing this as a script for mm-hmm. how many for who knows how many years, yeah. and if a guy made this as a book in 1897, someone somewhere is practicing with this same science and is making a way to become invisible. And ever since then, I have been so, I low-key have a fear now of everybody watching me. I think this movie really made me scared of being, like, perceived. Because it's mm-hmm. like, 
now you're like, why? It's it's scary because there yeah. can be somebody invisible right here in this room with us right now. And but life is like that, girl. It could have already happened. That's what I'm saying. This is 2020. You believe like I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is 2020. Like that was 2020. The movie is it's 2023 now. Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere was like, oh, especially the way technology is now, making mm, robots. Yeah. Joe, anyways, but and I not, think that's yeah. also a good point because he was fetishizing her. Mm. Like you'll see after see, like there should be no reason why he staged his own suicide and then uh-huh. was stalking her. And that's the thing, y'all. Fetishization does not just have to be sexual. It doesn't. Okay, like Taylor said, they want our rhythm and not our blues. Listen, it can be our hair, <laughs> our aesthetic. Okay, things that we do, our phrases, because we always got to come up with new ones because they're always being used. And that's why I think goes back to saying how listen, actually listen to black people. Because if I'm telling you not to say bussin', mm-hmm. child, slay, mm-hmm. shawty, I can go on and on and on because that's our language. That's yes. our English have to burp. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. And like, give black people their due. Black women, black queer people, give them their due because they're the ones who are creating this lingo that you use. Emphasis on the black women and black queer people. And we are the most, we are the most targeted. Yeah. And don't change the definitions to meet your needs. Absolutely not. Er, I will never forget one time a white girl called me sis and I said, do, ooh, Jesus Christ. Sister Taylor. (laughs) You're not my sister. That's what I think too. (laughs) Like, I'm a nun. Like, yeah, Mary Lou, that's all you. (laughs) But it's like, uh, you're not my sis. Yeah. Because at least I can, if I, first of all, I don't have sisters anyway, but it's like, if I can say, I don't want to name drop her because she's not here. It's like, but if I can say to one of our mutual friends, like, yes, sis, da, 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 because she can relate. Yeah. She can actually be my sister in Christ. It's like, yes. no, she can be my <laughs> sister because we share the same experiences. Yes. But you as It's a, a shared experience. Language comes from shared experiences. Literally Ugh. culture. So. Um, Hello. I scratched my head on that one. Read a book, folks. But. How about you read The Invisible Man? It's like, no, don't read that book. Watch documentaries. Like, hello? Mm, How about you watch Lemonade, the film? Etymology. Just find, find it on YouTube. Something. Yeah. Sorry. Beyonce, if you're listening. 1077 in the Bronx does not support um, or condone piracy. Oh. That was your... I wonder if they heard it, too. Sorry, (laughs) y'all. But we went through all that because we talked about fetishization and, like, things happening in real life because I truly believe the sunken place is real. Yes. It was performed through actual psychology and reading off of the website, the premise of Get Out has been done before. A young black man goes home with his white girlfriend to meet her parents. The sentence, mind you, in the paragraph says you can pretty much fill in the blanks from there. To, to say to fa- The fact that you even have to say that, you can fill in the blanks from there. Mm-hmm. Because we all know how that goes. Yes. Like, especially, and it's so funny because in the movie... Daniel Kaluuya's character, I forgot his name, his character is pretty much saying to his friend, like, and his friend's like, you going where? Mm-hmm. You doing what? You going to see your girlfriend's parents for the whole weekend? Like, where are you going? Because mm-hmm. that's, and it sh- we shouldn't have to be so scared to go to our. But we know. That's. We know how that is. Right. Like we, it's the fact that we even have to be scared to hang out with yeah. other white people. And it's like, even if it's never happened to us, we know. We know because like, so many that's people. That's our indoctrination. We know that. Like, uh-oh. The fact that this this author said, or this article, you can pretty much fill in the blanks from there. 
goes to show you that, hmm, how about you listen to black people and tell you these things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. We see it all the time in these cases. Like, I forgot the name of that case with the black woman. She went out with that girl's trip and all her friends were <gasps> Caucasian. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and she, mm-hmm. That happens all the little time. And I'm not saying it cannot happen yeah. with uh, with the whole entire group being black. I'm not saying that at all either. But it happens more when it's a majority and a minority. Mm-hmm. And please don't feel like we're saying, like, all white people are bad or, like, you shouldn't yeah. be in a traditional relationship. Do that, do you? Mm-hmm. But, like, know where you're, um, when you're being performative. And yep. please, like, know how to be an ally if somebody's telling you how to support them. Um, and white guilt is not cute, so please... I don't want your tears because truthfully, you have no reason to be crying. I'm all cried out, okay? And I. Oh. Mm, mm. Huh? You know like, now I'm going to start oh. Well, <laughs> truth but is, where I'm are tired. you? Mm. <laughs> I'm about to fall out, too. Come on now. Jesus. Anyways, sorry, y'all. But, um. Yes, it says Get Out was written and directed by Jordan Peele, half of the celebrated comedy duo Key and Peele. Makes mm-hmm. the incredibly smart move to cast this story about racism not as a drama or a comedy, but as a horror film. And that's the part people don't get. Yes. Because he could have did it as a comedy. Mm-hmm. We've seen it before. We've yeah. seen the, the movies. I forgot the name of it, but it's that movie with Ashton Kutcher and mm-hmm. um, Bernie Mac. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. But it's like we've seen, and even you people now, we've yes. seen... We've seen the comedies over of and literally, and it's like, when are you going to change the narrative? Mm-hmm. Like, how about we stop doing that narrative? Yeah. But and it's funny because Jordan Peele is the only person to, that I know of, I can think of off the top of my head, who has done the biracial, well, not biracial, interracial relationship as a horror. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying the relationship itself was a horror. Well, technically it was, because she was not dating that man for the right intentions. Well. Once again, and she, I just, just want to say she's a great actress because she played that movie and she's also in the movie Megan as the aunt. So, mm-hmm. but yes. It so, always scares me when people play those roles so well, but go on. Especially white people. Mm-hmm. Was that you who I, would talk, who I was talking to when they said they feel like, no, can't say his name because okay. I don't know if he's listening and well, I don't want to name drop. We'll, we'll chat. Yeah. <laughs> so... You may know who I'm talking about. I'm just going to say one Probably. word. Probably. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> but it says racism is scary, of course. But Get Out isn't about the blatantly, obviously scary kind of racism. Burning crosses and lynchings and snarling hate. And people still do it. Uh-huh. Instead, it's interested in showing how racist behavior that tries to be aggressively unscary is just as horrifying. And in making us feel that horror in a visceral, yes. bodily way. In the tradition of the best social thrillers, Get Out takes a topic that is often approached cerebrally, casual racism, put that on the, put that on the scale of microaggressions, uh-huh. if you will, and it turns into something you feel in your tummy. Okay, tummy. And it does with a wicked sense of humor. That's the point I want to get into, because Get Out had very funny moments, uh-huh. but I feel like you wouldn't find it funny if you weren't black. Right. Because there were some jokes where I was like, dang, like it mm-hmm. was funny. But I know someone else didn't get that joke. Yeah. Because that's what, A.V., it's our shared experience. Mm-hmm. So after dating about five months, Chris, that's his name, and Rose are headed upstate to hang, to hang out with her aggressively white parents, neurosurgeon Dean and therapist hypnotist mother, Missy. Chris is a little worried about Rose's family's reaction to him. She hasn't told them that her boyfriend is black. Mm-hmm. But they're very nice to him, even if Dean's pointedly enthusiastic comments about the achievements of Olympian Jesse Owens. 
on air. And loving Obama come off as a bit clueless. So, since we're here. Yeah. You know what I think is also important to know about this movie? I think Jordan Peele purposely got a black man of a darker skin mm-hmm. complexion. Which makes the point all the more relevant. Because, mm-hmm. And if you guys do not know, um, uh, the movie is about um, Rose's family and other uh, Caucasian privileged, mm. wealthy, very Caucasian people gather in auction on African Americans, and they quite literally buy them. Mm-hmm. And take their joy. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's genuinely. Joy harvesting as opposed to organ harvesting. Right. Yeah. That's gen- That's literally modern day slavery. Yeah. And that's funny because we, we talk about that a lot. We literally just talked about that. Mm-hmm. White corporations taking our joy. Anyways. Um, wow. But, and it's funny because I, I don't even remember this part. The father apologized to him about the only two, about the black servants at the estate. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him apologizing. I just remember them being there. But now that he actually pointed out again, they really, their house servants were literally a black man and a black woman. And come to find out why they were there. Because yeah, they were also. They were also in the sunken place. Yes. And it's funny. And it's so funny because I used to eat that scene up as a meme, but it's mm-hmm. really not funny. It's really painful. Like, it's, when you look back, it's like, oh, in the moment, it's like, <laughs> but no. It's not yeah. funny at all. It's like ungiggle, but yeah. And it's like the way of like, like the, the, the house servant, the guy, Walter, just running in the middle of the night. That was the yes. scariest thing ever in my life. But he played that, too, because that running, he did that. Because I would have been like, what? Like, what's going on? But it's literally, um, what? Why did somebody, somebody just called me twice. Mm. That was weird. I don't know why they called me. And it's someone from, like, my middle school that just called me. Oh. Last time I saw them was in, like, July. I'm a little scared as to why they called me, actually. But for legal reasons, I have to go into an underwriting announcement break, guys. We'll talk more about Get Out. Literally. We'll talk more about Get Out after this quick break. So it's time to make cupcakes and not war. Now, February 24th, enter 107 in the Bronx Dessert Wars, Cupcake Fights, to win over $1,000 in prizes, including a $300 Visa gift card for celebrating. Hmm. For creating the best tasting cupcake on campus, go to 1077thebronc.com slash cupcakefights for details. We'll be back with Tay Talks at these underwriting announcements on 1077 the Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Um, is this thing on? You bet it is. I hope you guys got your snacks and you're sitting back and you're relaxed. Why? Because we're back with Tay Talks. February is Black History Month, and the Bronx is celebrated with milestones in African-American history. Sorry. Daily audio features written and produced by Taylor Zonstall, acknowledging and commemorating little-known but important achievements by African-Americans that impacted our culture. Listen every hour all month long in the Bronx. Welcome back to Tate Talks on 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. I had to really pause for the culture. Amen. Yes. Uh, you know what's so funny? We only have seven minutes left. Mm-hmm. We did that. We did. 
and now I'm making you a weekly guest. Like, no, nah, that. Oh, I would love that. I, I would, would love it up. too. Now I got to restart my podcast so you can join me. Yes. Uh, it's, the issue, y'all, is that Yusef is busy. <laughs> that is one busy person. Everybody's so busy. And then I'd be looking at myself like, dang. No, you're busy at night. I feel like I'm yeah. busy in the day. Yeah, so, but we always find time to see each other. But then we can't do anything productive because we're just talking. So this is productive talking. Yes. That's like what our our gathering was supposed to be doing. We yeah. literally met all three of us. I don't want to name drop him because mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> but one of our other friends was supposed to be doing a gathering with friends and stuff. We met up, what, almost three times yeah. trying to talk about it and we never did. Ever. We talked about everything else under the sun, which I cannot say. Mm-hmm. Oh, the burp finally came out. Sorry, y'all. But... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I feel like we touched into a lot. Talked about how talked about being an ally. Mm-hmm. Um, we oh goodness gracious, we talked about empathy, apathy, and sympathy. We talked about the Crown Act, um, fetishization, which mm-hmm. we're still going to close out and finish on. We just talked about a lot, and I'm so glad because the episode will probably this episode will be uploaded by Friday. I'm going to be. I will be, I might do a treat and I might drop three episodes on my Today Talks podcast. I was trying to do them twice a week. I have yet to post anything for this week. Cause now I just, that you're on point with, if you post three episodes, oh, I'm tuning in. Because <laughs> I spoiled everybody by posting three episodes within like the first week. Yes. I just had them ready. I told you, I was working on this for a minute. But then it's like downloading and editing. <sighs> but Take anyways, thank you. Of course. But I feel like I want to get back into Get Out because that is Lakeith Stanfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting one, too. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's funny because intuition is real. Um, Because the character, Chris, he went outside la- like last night like we're talking actively <laughs> he went outside at night on the first night as i'm reading i'm paraphrasing the pair the paraphrase i'm paraphrasing the paragraph and he seen some weird stuff the man running mm-hmm. <laughs> he's seen some weird stuff he woke up the next morning and things still feel weird because once again intuition is real yeah you can go to sleep like nah something's weird wake up and be like no something is genuinely happening and he felt the same thing and then he tried to call his friend, and now his phone randomly is unplugged with no power. If you know you put your phone on the charger last night and you wake up the next day and it's unplugged, uh-huh. that's weird. Now, granted, nine times out of ten, you remember if you fell asleep with your phone uncharged. Yeah. You do remember that. But to know for sure you charged your phone and then you wake up the next day and your phone is somehow dead is crazy because the phone doesn't lose that much battery in the middle of the night yeah your you, your phone has to be actively running with an app open and that's happened to me my phone i will fall asleep with tiktok playing and, and the, she will <laughs> not everybody knowing this like i will fall asleep with the tiktok playing and it will play over and over and then it'll start translating into my dream and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> That's happened to me, sidebar. That happened to me before. My mom was cooking in the kitchen. Like, my kitchen is like, you walk kind of in the kitchen to get into my room, kind of. It's not that deep into it. But I was, I guess, watching a TikTok, and I fell asleep. And I'm just laying there with the phone next to my head. 
And I, I feel it felt like five minutes, but I jump up because my mom, I felt my mom touching me. She was like, I'm turning your phone off. I'm tired of hearing this video <laughs> playing. I'm like, how long has it been playing? She's like, almost, she's like almost 45 minutes. Can you imagine a TikTok audio playing for 45 minutes? She said, I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off. <laughs> so it's like, you know, when you fell asleep with stuff like that. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, they're so loud in the hallway. But so Chris goes to this party and he finds the only other black guy, Logan, acting really weird. Mind you, that's also something else I want to talk about. We find specifically everybody does it. You go to the group who looks like you because mm-hmm. that's where the comfortability lies. It's a known fact, and I know for my people that is listening, if you are black and you see another black student in your classroom, yeah. you're going to try and sit as near them as possible. Mm-hmm. So there's some type of <laughs> comfortability and normalcy. The same thing will happen. I feel like it happens with any minority. Yeah. Like, I've seen it happen to, like, my Hispanic classmates, like, my Indian classmates. I've seen it happen. Like, because that's who you feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. The same way all foreign exchange students sit next to each other. They don't have to be from the same place, but it's because they're the outsider, so they have to get together. Yeah. The same way this lo- this character, Chris, did it with Logan, but he realized, oh, Logan really not really my bro. Like, he acting a little weird. Now I got to see what's Get Out on. It's in, I, <laughs> That's not even one of those movies you can rewatch. You really cannot rewatch. You Like, you can, but I feel like... If you want to be punished. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so showing not. it at Princeton. And if y'all... Uh, sorry, y'all. Um, <laughs> if y'all haven't watched it, um, at this point, you probably shouldn't. Just read the Wikipedia um, <laughs> synopsis of the plot, and that'll get you everything you need to get, okay? You probably shouldn't. <laughs> Please. It's about to be almost... I'm trying to math. What is that? Four years? Six years. Damn. Um, <laughs> I was close. Oh, my gosh. That was my freshman year of high school. Y'all, mm, yeah, don't watch it. That was your freshman year of high school? Yes, because that was your sophomore year of high school. It sure was. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's cr- and that was right after my mom's birthday. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, because we saw it. Mm-hmm. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, y'all. Mm, and you know how they are. And, yeah, um, I found out the ratings on, 90s on, on Rotten Tomatoes is because the less tomatoes it gets is because it's rotten. Mm. The higher the percentage is because it's good. Mm-hmm. But the less you get is when the tomatoes become rotten. Mm. Wow. I just learned that like a month or two ago. But, yeah, it's also very funny to me because um, this movie, I feel like the first thing we really should have noticed was that she invited him for a weekend getaway to meet her parents. Mm-hmm. Why for the whole weekend are we meeting the parents? Woo. And you know what's so funny? That movie touches on fetishization and just the idea of these people wanting to be so... They're so... We live rent-free, once again. We live rent-free in these people's heads that they literally want to be, be mm-hmm. us without being black. Oh, and also, please know, I have to state this, um, white people are not the only people that can fetishize. You can be another minority or another ethnicity um, and still fetishize. So please be aware of that. Check your privilege at the door. Oh, check your privilege. Uh, what's that song? <laughs> Jasmine Sullivan? You, oh, uh, pick, pick up your feelings. Because yep. mm, yeah, we always had to pick up our... And you know, that was such a great way to end it. <laughs> 
that was such a great way to end the show. That was so amazing. I can't wait to upload this on Tay Talks in 2065. And okay. it's going to be really, and it'll still be relevant. Mm. Y'all heard that word? All right. <laughs> and with that, thank you for listening to me and Youssef on this Black History Month episode of Tay Talks. We'll be back next. Well, he won't be back on Thursday, but he'll be back. I'm dragging him. We will be back mm, sometime <laughs> soon. It may not even be a Black History Month episode. It could just be another episode. But I will be back on Thursday at 8 p.m. from 8 to 10. While I will have another guest. And the topic is, I am not an angry black woman. Here's more of the biggest and best variety on your 2023 IBS College Media Award nominee for Best College Radio Station of the Year in the Nation. 1077 The Bronx, 1077 The Bronx.com.